Hello. Hey. Hey, you got a, a cat tower behind you. Oh yeah, great spotting, William. You know, you know what? Uh, you that seemed like something you might not uh, recognize. Yeah, is that is that new placement? Um, no, it's actually I am sitting in a new place. Oh. It, it's it's staying the same. I'm I'm the one moving around. Where do you usually sit? Usually sit. So if you can envision our apartment, I know it's difficult because it's vast. Yeah, but which which can... wing are we in? <laughs> if you put us in the what I would describe as the main wing, <laughs> okay. Um, it is. Uh, so you you got the couch right. I am usually either sitting so that um, I'm like with my back up against the further arm of the couch with mm-hmm. the blue wall behind me. Yeah. Or on the left side of the couch, and by left I mean if you're facing like the TV, mm-hmm. it's on your left. I'm usually on that cushion. Okay. But now I'm on the one on the right again. Right. If you're with the with the the bookshelves and the cat thing. Exactly. Exactly. And is it where does the cat thing come in re choke point? Uh, it, it is actually not one if, yeah, it's, it's not really one. It's next to a chest that comes close to being a choke point, but if the chairs are, are tucked into the, or are pushed into the table, it's okay right now. I mean, my moods, I don't know if you've noticed, but my moods have been markedly better over the last couple of months. Um... I don't know. Maybe I've been looking at someone else's moods. They would have. <laughs> I mean, like two to three weeks ago, you came on the show and I felt like you were at rock bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a bad day. But wh- why are your moods better? Because of the choke points? Because the choke points have been lessened. Okay. They've been significantly lessened. Uh, Looks like you got a haircut. I we'll did. Get, I we'll get to our regular scheduled programming as soon as I get some details on this. Yeah, um, I did get my my haircut today, William, and I shaved, so I'm completely it looks very fresh. Yeah, hairless. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Uh, where'd you go? Uh, there's a. I think it's called Cut Above. It's um, famous for being uh, one block from me on Seventh Ave. Okay. So it is one out. Be- purely because of its geographical location and and you know can it's i ask a, what a haircut costs twenty dollars twenty dollars twenty dollars and, and at you, least in park slope i don't do i'm tip? sure you can... is it one of those cool places where you get like a pbr and a whiskey no it's nothing like the one that kyle and um brandon go to no you you sit in the chair and in the seven minutes it takes to cut hair like mine uh, you sit quietly. <laughs> oh, really? There's no, uh, there's no conversation. No, I would. I hate conversation. I, I, I hate that. I know. I mean, I used to hate it, but at this point, the novelty of being at a barber shop makes me feel like I would be into the conversation. Mm, no, this is. These are like very sort of buttoned up Eastern European. It's great. Um, they're there to cut your hair and. Shut, you know, everyone's just happy to not. Right, and so they just ask for guard length, and then exactly buzz exactly. Away. And and today, what William, length? Yeah, what length do you do? So great question. Um, I usually do one, 
But today, for whatever reason, I was looking and um, and it just to me in the mirror, it just seemed like the top was a little long. So against the judgment of my barber, who was like, I don't think it should be any shorter. I was like, let's make it a little shorter. So it's a little shorter on top. It's maybe like a half in, on top <laughs> and a, a one on the sides and back. It's just too long on the. T- I can see the little the Why little. Why don't you just? I mean, you right should there. definitely have it a consistent length throughout. No, 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 no. You I don't mean, tell me how to cut my hair. You take a look at it and you tell me if if you really think that. Are you going that, for a Stephen Wright kind of look? Who? What isn't that the the the? And I have a dog, and he's uh. You mean he's in? Is he in the um? Is he in the new what's his name movie? Um, um, Wes Anderson. Uh, I there aren't there like forty seven thousand stars. But I think Stephen Wright is in the French Dispatch. Stephen Wright, you know the guy with like long curly side hair who's monotone. The comic. Oh, oh, Stephen Wright. No, no, I'm thinking of Jeffrey Wright. Sorry, who also has a unique voice. No, no, no. I'm thinking. You know the comic. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Right, they, right. They right. said, "Do you want caffeine or decaf?" And I said, "Do you have anything harder?" <laughs> <laughs> right, Stephen Wright. Yes, totally. That's the look you're going for. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm quite there. No, no. Do you think you'll ever aggressively grow the side hair out? I do pretty much because I, I don't like to get my hair cut because it's just a hassle. It's not. No, 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 no. It gets. Yeah, it gets mangy, but it's not. It's not like it's not long. It's not okay. like over an inch long. Well, I hope not. But no, it gets to a point where it kind of gets. I, I, I hate it. I hate. I wish that I could just take a pill to make my hair stop growing. <laughs> I mean, I would love to have hair on the top, but right. barring that, I'd love the pill for that, of course. Sure. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. If that's not available, I'd love the pill that um, just freezes everything in place. <laughs> yeah. Giving myself a haircut is becoming harder and harder uh, in my life. Yeah. You got a lot of other you got a lot of other stuff going I on. I just don't have the bandwidth, Simon. I understand. I understand. You're a man who likes his bandwidth. Yeah. Uh, DSL. Fios. <laughs> Right. I do feel bad for the people who are tuning in for what they thought was a Mets podcast. Just you talking about your barber. Yeah, yeah. This has been nice for me, but... um, I think they're interested. Yeah, okay. Uh, I know our... (laughs) Frankly, I don't don't river dance. I don't give a damn. I I don't river dance. (laughs) Watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. Did you know that's what I uh, to provide any context what? for the watermelon? When I was in um, chorus mm. briefly at Academy, <laughs> uh, my I was one of two boys, me and Roy Lee Luna, who had uh, our voices had changed. This mm. was the sixth grade, and that was not part of the whatever medley of songs our teacher had had asked us to do there was no place for a deeper voiced teen boy you were uh, doing uh you could have done a, 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 the five seasons or whatever with the um you could have been the 
No, 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 no. <laughs> exactly. So, anyway, irregardless, uh, <laughs> she she very politely asked that I not sing any of the actual songs um, in our in our recital, but that I instead word the mouth watermelon. Because oh if I just said watermelon, like if I mouthed right, watermelon, right. It, it looks, looks like, like yeah, it looks like you're saying an actual. So word. that is a scandal. That is an absolute scandal. Well, after the first recital, it was clear I had no place in in chorus anymore, and I was moved <laughs> to band because you had to do band, chorus, or orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was moved to band, and that was arguably I was even less successful in that. They had me at first on a snare. That wasn't working out. Then they moved me <laughs> to just like thumping that big bass, you know? It's like, yeah, the big, right. the big, um, yeah, you exactly. got like one With, hand to, exactly. yeah, I think that's called a bass drum. Yeah, bass drum. That was a complete disaster. Uh, How is that? Wow, that is. Yeah, bad. no, no, no. It was so bad. It was so, like... it was like, it was like a cartoon. They're like, all right, we'll try the triangle. Surely you can't screw <laughs> that up. The triangle was a disaster. It was just. <laughs> The whole thing was a nightmare. Yeah, not musically inclined. I'm not a I'm not a musician's musician, Simon. Yeah. But uh I'm a big fan of the Nets. Yes, sure. You want me to welcome people back? Why not? Yeah. Folks, you better welcome back to another episode of Maybe Nets Time. I am your host, William Blueworth, my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, I'm not sure you can hear me over those Steph Curry MVP chants. MVP, <laughs> MVP. We are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to correct the historical record and let people know that there was an MVP chant for uh, Kevin Durant prior to that chant. For Steph Curry in the Warriors game, right, Simon? That's right. It just wasn't as deafening. <laughs> well, as I said, we're back to discuss the Brooklyn Nets. The, or I should say, the twelve and five first place in the Eastern Conference, Brooklyn Nets, Simon. And what better way to celebrate having a podcast about the first place team in the east than for you to hammer that panic button (laughs) 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 so before we get into what is a hearty and lengthy and yet simon fun infused agenda yeah uh i've gotta i i just want to get your temperature yeah. On where you're at in terms of despair. So here's what I, I, I feel. I, I've said similar things before, but I feel all the more strongly after this week. If if we can play a team like the Pelicans or the Cavs without two or three of their best players in the finals, I think we or the Eastern Conference finals, we will be like better. <laughs> uh, no trouble beating those kind of teams. Although the Magic, you know, hopefully KD is healthy for those because we're just about as good as the Magic if, if KD isn't playing. But, okay, okay, but, well, okay. Can I just before you continue on? Uh huh. Uh-huh. 
So you say, okay, we, we, if we can play the Cavs without three or four of their players, right? Yeah. Which is a fair qualifier to say because the Cavs were missing several of their players. In the Magic game that, yes, we narrowly eked out, <laughs> we were missing arguably four of our starters in Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, and Nick Claxton. So I think that it's a little hypocritical to give credence to other teams missing other players having people out and then to hold the nets to a standard where it's like well you have one of your four starters therefore you should be amazing sure so i well should be better than the magic i would still say but but who has but one he... of the best uh, i've heard the net rating of the starting five of the magic is the best net rating of any starting five in the league yeah. Well, they have four wins or something like that. Oh, so they're horrible. Some, no, no, I am not clicking. sitting here arguing that the Magic are good. I'm just saying yeah. there's a reason why I could see it being close. We're missing a huge number of people. So here's, but here are the biggest things about why I'm still in the, still in the um, panic panic mode is the the Warriors game encapsulated not just basketball wise why i'm worried but just franchise why uh, i'm worried and and i want folks to know i i'm sorry to out you here william but in the in when you're watching the when william is watching these games he is as downtrodden as i've ever seen him when you were watching the warriors game you were like oh this is not good like you were despondent as anyone would be watching that shameful display where not only were we completely outclassed in every single way, but we, the Nets, the Nets were the the crowd was so vociferously for the Warriors and not for the Nets, despite our our blocks, you know, best effort to to bring in the noise, bring in the funk, um, that people like Stephen A. Smith and and I saw multiple other national uh, media types being like they're like. It is so quiet. Except Zach Lowe hammers fans. that all the time. Right. No, it, I'm not. I'm. Not, I'm definitely not going to sit here and defend Brooklyn Nets fans. It is shameful. <laughs> we are. We, it is the saddest, saddest place I have ever seen a home game. Yeah. Uh, like I've. I've gone to Heat games. I've gone to to jazz games like basically anytime I go to another city, I try to catch a game of the other team, and it is. A completely different experience than watching a game in Barclays Centers. It was humiliating to watch that, as you said, to watch that Warriors game when maybe a tenth of the people there were rooting for the Nets. Maybe right. it was, and not very loudly. I, like it wasn't just the the numerical advantage that the Warriors fans had. It was like the enthusiasm. Now, I mean, it is tougher to be enthusiastic when your team is getting destroyed, but they were in it for at least half the game. The Nets were, you know, ahead at, at halftime. Well, um, they no, when Wiggins hit that shot, oh, they went down. Oh, you're right. Slightly. No, you're totally right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were in it for half the game. But yes. you're right. Um the the um the other thing that I, I just like the way that the Warriors play basketball offensively is so much nicer than the than the way the Nets do. Like it's a beautiful, everyone's touching the ball, it's flying around. Yes, Steph Curry is like the straw that stirs the drink, but like that ball is flying everywhere. Everybody's getting to eat. Everyone's, you know, involved. And then it's like for the Nets, it's like 
that not only is it like just two people, it's like two people who are not interacting with each other at all. Like there's not really much of a two two game two man game with Harden and and Durant. There's a little bit of like sometimes they you know Harden will dump it off to Durant at near the basket or something. But like they basically are like, okay, you do it now. You know, it's 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 uh, you know, yeah. Harden Harden and, and Claxton have a nice little two man game going. But yeah. we haven't seen that for, for months. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know if Ventilator Claxton is going to have that yeah. same pop. Yeah, no. He I... was on the bench, by the way, in the Cavs game, spreading whatever horrific germs he has uh, to his teammates. I saw that. But it's too soon to get into Claxton watching the episode. That's right. coming later, yeah. folks. That's coming later. Totally. Um no, so yeah, so so I I would just close by saying, um, you know, it just sort of encapsulates, and you know, I just worry that uh, that Kevin Durant, or like a part of him, is like sad that like he didn't stay with the Warriors, and he could be having all this fun with Steph, and he hate he was miserable there. He was mis- he left for a reason. His last year in Golden State, it was constant drama. He got in that massive fight with Draymond Green. The whole season was just speculations about whether he was going to go. He, I don't think he has any remorse about leaving the the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I could see him certainly having remorse about having, you know, uh, allied with Kyrie Irving to do right. anything. A, a, a man who's who's known to have a little bit of drama attached to him as well. Right. No, no, no. I'm I, I'm 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 not I'm, I'm definitely not saying he, he has no or could would be baseless to have remorse about being a net right now, but I don't think that the Warriors thing was ever going to happen. Mm. I mean, no one, everyone knew he was leaving. Right. I just think that maybe now he could look at it with a fresh, fresh face and be like, well, even if I wasn't, you know, the number one pick of these fans, at least there are fans. And Steph Curry is not going, is not the kind of guy who would totally abandon me the way Kyrie has. And, you know, Draymond Green, say what you want about him, but he's not going to completely choke like James Harden is, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> James Harden hasn't completely choked yet. It's still for too the- early to write to write James Harden off. Right, for the Nets. For the Nets. Uh, we, I'm going to give it till the end of November, and then I'm going to... I'm going to do a little James James Harden stat station for us. Okay. But you you even you would acknowledge that James Harden is on the path to looking more like James Harden. Uh yes, uh, generally speaking. Um generally speaking, yes. Uh so yeah, I mean I I would say our win pro- profile this season other really than that that Wizards win, we haven't beaten had we don't have any impressive wins. No, we're two in. No, we're three and four technically against teams that are five hundred. Although one of those is the Cavs game, and we've also lost. We've never lost a game by fewer than thirteen points. So when we lose, we just com- we have no fight. We just completely give up and get crushed. So we're in first place. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I mean, it doesn't. It isn't there something somewhat reassuring about the fact that this team is, you know, I think by most accounts um not playing up to its potential right uh-huh. no one here no one is saying this team looks great everyone's saying yes. kevin durant looks great yes. but nothing else is really working or clicking for this team and in spite of that we are in first place in the east that gives you no comfort 
No, because the I mean, if if the goal is for us to have a very good record against bad teams, then I would be on cloud nine. But I, I just we're not going to play any of these teams that we're beating in the playoffs. So that no, know. but it does put us in a position where, in spite of uh, needing time to hopefully maximize the potential of this team, we're still not in a place like say the Bucks are where they're kind of digging out of a, a hole or the Lakers or something like that, where they're sort of on the fringe of the playoffs and they have to play in. And now the prospect of them getting a, the first seed in the conference is not zero, but much less than it was. Like we're in a good position if we presumably continue to improve throughout the season, which is debatable, but theoretically very possible for the Nets to continue to get better. Um, where we're, in a good position to likely get something like the first or second seed in the conference. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it you know, anything could happen, but, but that doesn't matter because we're, we can only beat loser teams because we ourselves are losers. Uh, I mean, that's that I'm just going on what I've seen so far. <laughs> all I can, all I can tell you is, is, uh, you know, past this prologue. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not a ray of sunshine about the Nets. There are all sorts of alarming things about the Nets. Uh, I just think that at an extremely early point in the season, when it's clear that James Harden is on the ascent, not descent, uh, when we're, we have a bunch of key players out for key game, like Joe Harris wasn't playing in that Warriors game. He would have helped in that Warriors game. Nick Claxton wasn't playing in that Warriors game. He theoretically could have helped in that game. Aldridge didn't play until weirdly like the fourth quarter or something like that. Yeah, Paul Millsap didn't play. You know, like like we don't have everyone in right now. Harden is still getting healthy. Can't we just say, hey, it's kind of nice that we're for the first place team in the East and yes, I'm not confident that this team is going to roll through every team in this league and be the complete, uh, you know, superpower that people had envisioned they would be this year, that every pundit is essentially envisioned we would be. But that, right. like, there's a th – this is just a much, much better team than we've ever really rooted for as Nets fans. Um, Well, then last year, I think last year's team, when healthy, was – was much better but yeah. right but i mean the same thing like we haven't seen this team at full health this year if you consider kyrie irving ever playing a game full health yeah i mean but right but yeah so i don't and i think you and i are i might even be a little more optimistic than you that kyrie is gonna play this year because i have a, a i have i have like 25 to 30 percent of me thinks that he might play again yeah, no, I'm I because I am getting nervous about this team. My <laughs> my uh, feelings about Kyrie Irving ever coming back, which was for a long time zero percent chance. Yeah. Now the it's it's ratcheting up. I'm like, yeah, there's probably a fifty percent chance he comes back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I have to give myself hope somehow. Okay, well that's good. That's good. Yeah, you're 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 becoming a true optimist, William. I think fatherhood is no, really changed I, no, you. No, it's it's just like I don't know. I I don't know what I'm expecting of this team. You know, like it's it's not a team 
it's it's a it's totally new people right so there's not like a built-in core of people that i really care about or feel like oh right, these are boys. my boys who i'm who i'm rooting for they're all right. gone except for like joe harris we drafted nick claxton so i kind of you know have some sentimental right. attachment to him so it's just like a bunch of strangers who everyone hyped up to be the best team of all time and now they're clearly not that at this point but they're still really quite good i don't know it's just like i don't it's hard for me to to feel the true despair because i don't feel like attached enough to them to feel despair like when i when i look at um what's happening to the lakers i feel like really really sad for lebron james i'm just like this is this is not a dignified way to spend the end of what is i think like the greatest career in the nba this is just like this is just awful you're getting blown out every night by shitty teams um and that that like hurts but with the nets it's like i don't know yeah you assembled a bunch of like old superstars with probably the best player i've ever seen on a consistent definitely the best player i've ever seen on a consistent basis kevin yeah me too me too um and you know it's kind of cool and i think that the you know i'm gonna buy the the potential is real and i know like i saw james harden last year and he was awesome and i think that he could probably get back to that and if that's the case i think this team could beat anyone in the east mm-hmm. like i really think like you know the bulls are hot um but philly's a mess the bucks are are beatable i do think the bucks are beatable because we saw them almost lose to the nets last year yeah so yeah i don't know i'm just i'm just i think i'm not maybe maybe i'm too detached to be truly despairing right now okay well that that you know you're uh you're you're a cold analyst sure exactly uh we have this fan podcast because i'm basically not a fan you know <laughs> exactly i don't um I don't feel anything for the Nets. Anyway, uh... no, I like Claxton. <laughs> I just said that. I do like Nick Claxton. So sue me. <laughs> I like uh, Cam Thomas and Dayron Sharp too. Okay. Maybe I'm a Long Island Nets fan. I would say, yeah. I do you want to? Do you? And I'm a Kessler Edwards fan too. Do you want to pivot to this being a Long Island Nets podcast? I think that would be more our vein. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would mean dragging our asses out to Nassau Coliseum more often than we have. I tell you this one, William. I could not handle the heartbreak that happened uh, yesterday, I want to say, when we lost to somebody. The Long Island Nets? Yeah, The subject of this podcast? Yeah, they lost something, 96 to something. All right. Well, let's get started on this podcast 27 minutes in and just stop talking about random feelings. I've got some things I want to address here. Okay. All right. And the first thing is going to be a stat station. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the train is pulling in, and do you want to know what the stop is called? What is the stop? It's called Great Shot stop. Profile Avenue. Oh, great. Okay, so stat station... <laughs> the train is left stat station and it's making its first stop at Shot Profile Avenue. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right. So first off, Simon, this team, they're masters of the mid-range. Yes. 
Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, first in the NBA in percentage of points scored in the mid-range and first in the NBA in mid-range field goal percentage, just ahead of fellow net Kevin Durant, who's second in field goal percentage from the mid-range. Great. We're also, Simon, so we're, we're killing the mid-range, we're also czars of the three-pointer. Yeah, yeah. Are we we making a lot? We we have two players with top five three-point percentage. Patty Mills is second at 48%. Joe Harris is fourth at 46.6%. And this has led to a league-leading 38% from three-point field goal percentage. That's great. And then finally, Simon, another shot that we're killing, uh, we're free-throw felons. Okay. We can't miss from the stripe. We're fifth in the NBA at 80.8% from the stripe. Not bad. So we got the mid-range, we got the three, and we got the free throws. But, Simon, what's one shot I haven't mentioned yet? Um, dunk em, Dunks or near the basket, shots at the basket. I haven't mentioned pips, Simon. Points in the paint. Points in the paint, yes. I haven't mentioned pips. We are an incredible shooting team, but we are fucking terrible at points in the paint. <laughs> Interesting. So would you like to know, or would you like to guess what we currently rank in the NBA in points in the paint per game? 20th. 30th. Ooh. 30th out of 30. We currently average 37.9 points per game in the paint which is dead last in the NBA. The top three teams all average over 50 points in the paint. And there are only two teams, us and the Mavericks, that score fewer than 40 points a game in the paint. So beyond help, Simon, what, you know, screaming help, what are the Nets doing in the paint? What's going on there? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, I mean, and this is something that Kyrie probably wouldn't help very much. Um, I mean, maybe a bit, but, uh, cause he does drive and stuff, but so does Harden. I, I mean, we don't have like, uh, Embiid or a Giannis or like, you know, our centers are not offensively, uh, inclined. No. And I guess LaMarcus Aldridge's mid-rangers are not yeah, they're they must be coming from outside. Yeah, those are mid-range. They ain't they ain't pip. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess they don't really they don't have a I mean, I'm trying to think of players that do that besides centers. Is it just centers that get points? Yeah, so you know, they're going to come from things like like uh, second chance points, point oh, you know, God. offensive don't rebounding, which we don't do very well. Yeah. We're very bad at that. It, you know, it'll it'll come from from having some rim runners, and without Claxton, we're going to lose a, a few points there. I mean, really, that's our, our, our only rim runner. Yeah, I mean, other than that, it's like like Bruce Brown cutting to the basket, Harden trying to drive it. Not a lot of other people getting in there. Yeah, um, Bruce got. I feel like last night too. I, I don't know if that's going to be a long-term thing, but he... uh, I just looked this up. It's not part of Stat Station, but it'll be a. Uh, it'll we'll go to the next station called uh, Bonus Stat Avenue. Okay, uh, and that is that Bruce Brown currently 
is uh, has the worst net rating of any net who's played ten or more games. Oh my! Yeah. So that's kind of unexpected. Yes, that is unexpected because I gave you that stat the other day. That... They, they are record with him as a starter. Yeah. So, but you know, sometimes net rating doesn't capture everything that's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's he's in he's just such a weird player. Like he he is like one of the more he I mean, lots of players are like this, but I feel like he especially is the kind of player where you'll see him and you'll be like, "Wow, oh great. What a what a like, you know, uniquely great thing that that he just did. Like so glad we have Bruce Brown." And then seconds later it's like, "Oh no, corner 3 Bruce Brown, that's never going in." Like you know, he he's just getting bodied in the paint. Like, why is he in the paint? You know, right? Tunnel a... vision, Bruce Brown. He's really right. bad at passing and making decisions when he has the ball in his hand. Right. Uh, yeah. No. There's a there. He's a very very limited player. It's sort of what the the um, Warriors are doing with with Gary Payton Jr. Mm. They have him offensively in a very similar role, and then defensively, he's just a nightmare. He he gets tons of steals. He's very very exciting. Did you hear what his nickname is? No. Oh, the mitten. The mitten. Yes. His yes. father was the glove. He's the mitten. <laughs> Fabulous nickname. I bet he does not like that nickname. No, probably not. Anyway, so I think we can both agree, Simon. We need to increase the number of points we're getting in the paint. Um, you probably did you hear the Zach Lowe interview with Sarah Kustak? Uh, no. When when was this? Uh, latest Zach Lowe podcast. Oh no, I have not heard. Yeah, it. The second half is with Kustak, and he brings up something that also that guy Matt Moore brought up in the podcast I sent you. Uh-huh. But, I did listen to but that. But basically, the point is, and this this is what makes me most nervous about the nets right now. Yeah. Uh, I think we have the eighth or something like that. Best defense right now. Defensive rating. Yeah. And apparently uh, the percentage of that, like I think it's cleaning the glass does this breakdown where it's like what team shoot against you versus what they hypothetically should shoot against right, you. So expected percentage. Ex- or yeah, exactly. The expected percentage. And it breaks it down by like individual player who took the shot. What, you know, what do they shoot from that place? It's pretty advanced. Anyway, the nets are essentially the luckiest team in that regard. So we have like the lowest opponent shooting percentage versus what the percentage should hypothetically be. Yeah, um, And so that is something that, uh, you know, the super advanced stat people are like, well, that is that is like inevitably going to change. Yeah, right. Um, and if that changes significantly, then are the current thing that we're hanging our hat on, which is having a decent defense since our offense can't get going, um, might turn out to be a little more uh, chimerical than we were hoping. Yeah, right. I that is very very worrying. Also, don't tell Net Income any of this because he's been nonstop tweeting about how great our defense is. Oh well, you'd love um, Sarah Kustak's response to that when Zach Lowe mentioned that to her, and he's like, "So, do you think it's sustainable the defense?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, definitely sustainable, definitely sustainable." <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, I I disagree with you on that, but okay, we'll move on to the next." Right, and I feel like Sarah Sarah probably was like, "Yeah, I." Uh, 
my opinion is completely bought and paid for here on this particular uh, I love particular Sarah subject. No, I do too. But like, of course, she's going to say that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, she's, she's, she's paid. To, it's like asking Sean Marks, "Do you think your team is good?" <laughs> right. Like, yes, it is because otherwise I'll be fired. <laughs> right. Um, it's Steve but, Nash's fault. Right. Um. No. Uh. But no. I. I mean, that is yes. That's that is very worrying. I do feel like though, not to sound like Sarah Kustak here, but actually, I do have a little bit more optimism. I mean, those numbers are worrying i do feel like this team has more defensive i mean i hope so because they sure aren't good at offense i have has more defensive minded players bruce brown has been joined by your bimbries your james johnson's your, your javon Millsaps, your javon carters like we have a lot of you know dogs out there um who are not like amazing defensively but they're better than what we had last year big time big time um, all right, Simon, we have two segments back to back that are you forward. Okay, I'm ready. First one is Simon sends a slew of tweets. <laughs> now, honestly, this was this it was troubling how many alerts I was getting that you had sent me another tweet, Simon. <laughs> uh, I have I Uh-oh. think an obligation as a, both a friend and co-host to ask, are you doing okay? I am not. <laughs> I am on Twitter a bit too much. That's uh, right. Yeah, so you've got three tweets that you sent me. One was a Ringer article about KD. Yeah. One was a Stephen A. the Stephen A. Smith despairing about KD sort of thing. And the last was a Nets fan who thinks Kessler Edwards uh, yeah. is the second coming. Yes. Take it away. Uh, okay, so the first one, Kevin Durant. Um, just urge folks to to read this because if you're feeling like me and you're feeling down and you're you're feeling you know, um, like you know, life is crashing down around you. Uh, Kevin Durant is unbelievable. Um, and 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 he, uh, uh, Jonathan Sharks sort of breaks this down. Um, that like, basically the thing that, that, that really stuck out to me is that Kevin Durant's, um, two point percentage is basically as good as Giannis and Shaq's, except that Giannis and Shaq, you know, they, they basically score through brute force. Um, which to me, if nothing else means that while watching their dominance, it kind of sucks. Like, it's not that fun to watch, some, to me anyway, to just watch somebody bully and overpower people. That is not as interesting to me as watching the beautiful Kevin Durant uh, ballet that, that, that is, his, is his way of just getting to the, the point at the, at the court, the place on the court where he wants to go, rising up and shooting as though nothing is around him. No, um, I, yeah, that that was the thing that stood out to me too. He's shooting sixty four percent from two point range. Shaq never shot higher than sixty one percent until his final season, which is mind blowing. I mean, Shaq was just dunk, 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 dunk. Kevin Durant is all over the place. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just you know, again, I, we can't say it enough. Kevin Durant is unbelievable. It's unbelievable we get to watch him play. It's unbelievable he's a net. This sort of thing may never happen again in our lifetimes, 
Live it up, people. The Stephen A. Smith thing. I enjoy it like you are, right? <laughs> I, 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 I do enjoy it. I enjoy them. every minute of this worthless, awful team. <laughs> I mean, I, lo- I love watching Kevin Durant. I, I truly do. Um, okay. Stephen A. Smith thing, I basically already covered. He went on a rant about, you know, how bad the Nets are, how, how you know, Steph Curry, he should have never left the Nets, etc. I, I basically covered that. The third thing that I just want to bring up briefly is uh, a young man who it, – it just – it was so funny to me because this is right after the Warriors game. It's not just me in Nets Nation that's feeling bad. Even your net incomes, even your, your, your William Bluers here – are feeling down like they've just watched a, a pretty traumatic beating um, by the best team in the league right now. Um, and what what do we get here from this guy who I won't name because I'm not really trying to like mock him exactly because I think it's 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 just sort of a, a net fan syndrome that we have. He's retreating into the land that we all wish we could be in uh, at sometimes, which is like the developmental Nets world where he, he sends a tweet where it says Kessler Edwards shows some promise in his first minutes as a Brooklyn net. And he hit two threes. So yeah, he's shooting a hundred percent from corner threes, best in the come, league, league best to, average from the corner to come, to come out of that Warriors game and just be like, I loved what I saw from Kessler last night <laughs> is such a uniquely Nets because we have ingrained in ourselves those times when we were just like, you know, I thought KJ McDaniels showed some great instincts around the <laughs> basket last night. You know what I mean? Like, you don't even know what the score of that game was. You just know that you loved KJ McDaniels. For he Teddy. showed flashes. Exactly. He, are him and Sean Kilpatrick developing chemistry? Exactly. So, so you, it, it's so instinctual. It's so ingrained in us that it's like, uh oh, something's bad. Let's get it. it, it Sean Marks has done it again. He's got a second round pick. That's a flamethrower from deep. He's a second round steal. <laughs> you know, we're trying to win a championship, right? And we just lost badly to a team that might threaten our chances at a championship. Uh, Kessler. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Very, very fair, fair critique, though. This is a um, Long Island Nets podcast now, so we are going <laughs> to talk a lot more Kessler through, throughout the season. Absolutely. Uh, final thing, Simon sends a segment idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the segment this is idea quick. is what's going on with the New York Post headlines? Question mark. Yes. So there was a <laughs> get, assume assume I don't know what you're talking about right now, Simon, and fill me in on the details. Sure. So the New York Post headline writer. Um, I think the the um, the robot they have put in charge of doing their job for them is is a little bit the algorithm needs to be tweaked a bit because they seem to be really fixated on the term vet. Uh, and what I mean by that is several articles last week. I'll just read them. I'll read them here. Nets fend off Cavaliers thanks to vets. Big fourth quarter. Next headline. Veterans struggles leaving big hole in Nets lineup. Uh, Nets miss this injured vet uh, in loss to Warriors. Like, what is going on here? Well, you can use other words. Uh, wasn't Veterans Day earlier this month? Maybe <laughs> yeah, it was it an was, SEO thing. Right, right. It was an SEO play, exactly. <laughs> 
So you don't think Brian Lewis is writing his own headlines? Definitely not. No, no one writes their own headlines. Uh, I don't know, but I, I get, I really get the sense because so often the headlines sound nothing like what Brian Lewis says in the actual article. Like there's so much more sensational Mm -hmm. that I just don't, I think, yeah. If, if you equate sensations with veterans, (laughs) right. Those ones were not the most, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do an ad read now, Simon. Um, And then we're going to get to a mailbag and a fun segment. Okay. So listeners, endure this ad read. Uh, We apologize, but we got to keep the lights on around here, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Simon. Uh, I told you this last week, but it's just as uh, exciting as it was then. The NHL season is underway at DraftKings Sportsbook, (laughs) an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 in an NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This is the fun part I've always found. Uh, Yeah. Look out, listener, for what they do with the lamp here. It's my favorite part, anyway. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. <laughs> it's so true. Um, okay, for, for this next section, since it's a hockey-themed uh, ad read, William, I thought I'd go with um, one of Canada's favorite sons, Mike Myers as Austin Powers. <laughs> Shagadelic, baby. <laughs> if sports isn't if sports book isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Oh, behave. (laughs) DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. That was a truly terrible, I think, kind of Australian-y English accent. Yeah, it was (laughs) Scottish-Australian-British accent there. Uh, do you think Mini-Me should do the call to action? <laughs> yeah, do, do your best Mini-Me. Rest I, in peace, Mini-Me. I don't really remember how did... Oh, Mini-Me had kind of a squeaky voice? Yeah, I think this could get us in trouble with... I the... don't think I'm going to do a Mini-Me impersonation. Yeah. Um, I could do a fat bastard impersonation. Ooh, now that's funny. <laughs> I'll just read this quickly because we don't need to do a seven-minute ad read here. Though I'm sure everyone's enjoying it. That was that was okay. Not your best one. Yeah, yeah. They're starting to fade. No, you've still got it. It's the best segment in the whole show, I think. Thanks, William. Thank uh, you. I, how, wait, wait, could you... Well, we'll talk after this, maybe. Uh, after the ad read. Uh, about how you come up with who you're going to do. Does it? Is it oh. something you spend the week thinking about? or? <laughs> 
We'll get the call to action first. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 in any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wage required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Go 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, and that, Simon is that great uh so yeah how do you think of who you're gonna do um i i just sort of think about things that i could do and and try to do things that are relatively off the beaten path and this you know like uh this the hockey thing is like oh yeah hockey you know canada canada exactly yeah or like a russian you (laughs) could do like uh I mean, difficult for me to think of a popular Russian to. Uh, for you to do a yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Gorbachev in our last episode. Right, that's true. Good you think memory. you could you could nail a Gorbachev? Um, no. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, I can't wait to see who you come up with next. Is it Thank something you. though that you you are thinking about throughout the week or just like minutes before the podcast? Oh, I, I'll, I'll think, I mean, I, I, I'll think about it from time to time. Right. It's not the sole thing you're thinking of for the entire week. Yeah. Yeah. You do allow your mind to wander onto other subjects occasionally. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, all right, Simon, it's time to get into a mailbag, mailbag, mailbag. Okay. So IRL Jay-Z hit us up with a fantastic, uh, suggestion here. He said, I'm joining team Simon and smashing the panic button. Uh, IRL Jay-Z, Simon needs no encouragement in his cynicism. (laughs) Okay. So take it easy on joining that team. Uh, she says, so assuming we are going to have a sad playoffs, let's talk comfort food, which comfort foods best embody the following nets. And he has given us five nets, Simon, to come up with comfort foods for, yeah. uh, starting with Kevin Durant, who did you have for Kevin? What, what comfort food did you have for Kevin Durant? So for me, I sort of did this geographically, William. Um, oh, I as like you'll, that. Yeah. Um, Kevin Durant from Maryland, home of crabs. Mm-hmm. So I would love to have, you know, I love um, a, a, a crab roll. Oh. Mm, just doused in butter. Sure. Lovely, uh, lovely. Always a comfort. Like, exactly. I could eat like three of those now. You, you can't because they're so expensive. But theoretically, I could eat like three of those in a sitting. And I'm going to polish them off with something that Krabby Shack, the restaurant, um, has, which are tater tots. Uh, and I'm going to have that with queso, the way they serve it at Nighthawk. Mmm, mm-hmm. queso. <laughs> okay, so that's Kevin Durant, a little hometown flavor for Comfort Kevin. E- exactly. All right, I'm going to do for Kevin Durant. I took a different approach, a non-geographic approach. I tried to find some characteristic of each player that in some way reminded me of a food that was perhaps comforting. In this case, Kevin Durant, Simon, is going to snap into a Slim Jim. 
Oh. Because he's a slender guy. He's slim, sure. He's very slim. I, I mean, I don't associate Kevin Durant with food. He doesn't yeah. seem like a gourmand to me. I think that he, yes, I would imagine, I think, I forget who, I think it was like in the Wall Street Journal profile of him when he was like early in his recovery mm-hmm. from his um, Achilles tear. And the food they described, I don't remember what it was, but I, it, it sounded extremely like um, balanced. You know what I mean? Like they were trying to get like the right amount of nutrients and the right amount of this and that. You know, like it's it's very like physical performance focused. Right. Not not it's 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 like he would drink Soylent Green or whatever, you know, if you if you needed it. If you could just put the calories into a can and get it to him. He does. He's not there for the for the feast or the joy of eating, obviously. Right. I think that's right. Yeah. All right. Next guy. Comfort food. James Harden. Yeah. Uh, I'll go first on this. Sure, sure. Um, this was hard. This was the hardest one for me. Uh, I said turkey leg. Oh, how come? It's a, he's got a big beard, and it just a turkey <laughs> leg just seems like something that a big burly manly man is gonna eat. You know, when they need to be comforted, mm. they're like, "Bring me a big old stick of meat, and I'm just gonna rip at it through my beard and get the grease all over everything." And there's little flecks of turkey in it and yeah, he's wiping it off with his flannel shirt and you know that sort of thing okay sure um <laughs> that sounds so gross getting the thing the... that's the meal that keeps on giving for a beard oh god uh that is not comforting to me that is deeply disturbing to think about but um uh for james harden he is a los angeles native Home is he? To many culinary, yes, according to Wikipedia that I looked up recently. Born okay. August 26, 1989 in Los Angeles, California. Um, and Los Angeles, many culinary uh, delights there, but I was going to go with Mexican food. And specifically, William, to me, there's nothing more comforting than soup, tortilla soup. Hmm. <laughs> Spicy, creamy, got your chips you dip in, a little bit of corn, yum oh. <laughs> I'm moving on. Steve Nash <laughs> is next. Uh-huh. I you guess want me to go? No, I'll oh, go, go first. Uh, I guess mine is kinda geographic based, but more it's uh, I picked Blaze Pizza. Do you know what Blaze Pizza is? No. It's a California based pizza chain. That is basically a shtick is that you can order whatever you want on your pizza and it'll be cooked in three minutes. Okay, okay. Yeah. So How is that possible? I, it's just Blaze Pizza. I don't know. They got hot ovens. Don't ask me. Anyway, it's a very Cal... Like, for me, Steve Nash is a very California guy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right? I think that's where he spends his off-season. He's like a beachy type of guy. Like, probably likes volleyball quite a bit. And and Blaze Pizza is just and pizza is very comforting and Blaze Pizza just seems like a very California type of food. It's okay. the wrap of twenty twenty one. The wraps. God bless California for wraps. Yes. Long live wraps. Yeah, I 
hated them when they came to us from California eight years after they were cool, and I continue to hate them to this day. Oh, I oh come on! You gotta love a wrap. I don't Ooh. love a wrap. Just have a sandwich. I know it's worse for you, but just enjoy a sandwich. I don't know. I, there's something about a wrap. It just they're it's usually like... soggy. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. No, you're ta- when you say they're soggy, I think you're thinking of like. Yes, if you go to a grocery store and they have like the pre-made wraps, yes, fr- frozen, yeah, but not that's frozen like saying, like, wraps. Ooh, I, I hate sushi because I eat them from a grocery store that has them sitting out. You know, at least the sushi's not soggy at a grocery store. It well, often the the rice is quite soggy. It's, it anyway, th- 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 those display cases ruin everything. Is my point? Okay. Moving on. Steve Nash, yes, he might seem like a California guy now, but his roots are in Canada. Can I guess what you're going to say? Yeah. Poutine. No. Great call, though. I do love poutine. I'm going to say Canadian bacon. (laughs) Canadian bacon, eggs, scramble, thank you. And hash browns, hot sauce, pepper, salt. You know, I feel like in Albuquerque when we were growing up, there were Canadian bacon was often an option to get on the side of like your breakfast plate. You could get Canadian bacon, but I feel like in New York you can't get Canadian bacon anywhere. I haven't had Canadian bacon in many, 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 many years. So, do you think it's an Albuquerque thing as well as a Canadian thing, or just not a New York thing? I have no idea. I, I suspect that Canadian bacon has been has been. Um disallowed everywhere has, has been discontinued everywhere in the united states but you know what william they, in canada they just call it bacon <laughs> okay bacon. yeah gotcha uh <laughs> all right we're moving on to the next guy lamarcus aldridge mm. so for him simon i picked a jumbo sized twix why? I picked a jumbo-sized Twix uh, because Twixes always come in twos, as do all of uh, LaMarcus Aldridge's points are twos. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm walking with you, talking with you. Yeah, uh, and you're a Twix nut. You like that dirty, dirt feeling. I love Twix. Yes, I Ooh, love Twix. Give me the grime, baby. Uh... Yeah, the, the the dust on my tongue. Yeah. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge is doing a Texas two-step in Dallas, where home home to some of the best BBQ on the planet. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> I love when you adopt that, that <laughs> voice. It's very Thank normal. You. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's just become... It's just become my voice a lot of the time yeah no it's, um, it's nice uh thank you uh it'll start to grade hillary basically doesn't register to kind of makes her annoyed so that'll happen to you too okay lamarcus aldridge i'm getting brisket i love brisket with some jalapenos a side of potato salad and uh coleslaw and sorry and Baked um, beans? An ear of corn. Oh, God. You just ruined the whole meal. 
You don't like you don't like an ear of corn. Well, all the things you're describing can be consumed with a fork, and then all of a sudden you've got this disgusting ear of corn that you're putting in your hands. Now you're going to need tons of napkins. Your hands are going to be greasy for the rest of the night. Plus, you're going to get the little kernels stuck in your teeth. It's probably going to bleed your gums later. It's a disaster. It has never it's just caused not my gums worth... to bleed. That what? is how a about cream issue. of corn? How about cream of corn? Ugh, that no. Here's cream what of I'll corn, do. you get all the I... deliciousness except more because there's cream with it, and you don't have to. You don't have to act like an animal and eat corn off of a cob. No, because cream of corn is like this really sickly sweet, gross. Oh God, it's awful. But here's what I will do for you, okay? I am willing to have corn that has been shucked and put in like a little container uh-huh. that's roasted, roasted corn. In a container. That's how they. That's how they serve it over a dinosaur BBQ. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, I got no. I got no beef with corn. But if you're gonna make me eat it off a cob, I'll just move on to the next item. Okay. I'll leave it on the cob. All right. Final guy, Patty Mills. You want me to go? Sure. Okay, Patty Mills. He's from Down Under, where they make a burger. That is true comfort food. It is, um, I think it has, it definitely has an egg. It has a beet on it, which I got to be honest, I'm removing. Uh, And pineapple, I think, is the other sort of thing of the Australian burger, which, of course, I don't actually know if that is eaten in Australia, but I feel like Australian-themed restaurants in America have that burger. Uh, It's pretty good. Uh, and I like the combo. I surprisingly like the combo of the pineapple and the burger. That sounds pretty gross to me, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> uh, I did a geographical one for this too, cause I just, I just don't know enough about Patty Mills to think of a comfort food. Mm. Um, and I asked Claire actually about this one and she okay. gave me the suggestion of a Vegemite cheese and beer loaf, which hmm. which she claims to have made the first week she lived in Australia. Vegemite is like Marmite, but that's what they call it in Australia. They call it Vegemite. Do you know what right. Marmite is? Yes, yes. It's like a yeast-based uh, yeah, condiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that cheese beer made into like a, a bread that you sort of pull apart. Sounds comforting, that, doesn't it? I don't know. I am deeply skeptical of that. That sounds like some sort of scientific monstrosity. You like bread. You like cheese. You like beer. It's the yeast that I am wary of. There's yeast in bread. Yeah, but it. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like Vegemite. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it has a weird taste. Okay, well, thank you very much for the suggestion, IRLJZ. And any yes, other listeners you. out there, hit us up, maybe next time at gmail.com. Uh, IRL also asks, any more scan, scam, and a deep dive into the beautiful boy's mystery illness? He's talking Nick Claxton, Simon. Uh, we promised last week we would do a Nick Claxton watch until that guy is off the <laughs> bench and on the court. What's happening with our boy Nick Claxton? Any news you're getting from your medical inside insiders? My medical insiders are still being stonewalled. Wow. Um, we've we've I've submitted a freedom of information request, uh, but 
no, I mean, I, as I said, I saw him on the bench, which I just feel like they should be saying, like, oh, yeah, the illness he has isn't contagious or he doesn't have it anymore and he just needs to ramp up for another month, two, three, however long it takes for him to, quote, unquote, be back. Like, I, 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 I do understand HIPAA is, you know, important and, and you know, people's medical histories are sensitive things but i i just want to point out i just think this this level of secrecy is actually counterproductive because it, it makes people's minds wander to like the worst things you know what i mean like or 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 just run wild with like you know so where just, is your mind running give us I, a glimpse behind the the veil i don't know like uh like an embarrassing disease to have or something you know like the clap Right or or right like a like an STI or isn't the clap an STI? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying something like that. I think the, the yeah, um, like what the fuck is going on with that guy? And why is this this debilitating illness somehow you can still be on the bench while suffering through it? Unless he's not suffering through it. But again, we're just we're not getting a lot here. We're getting no updates. Yeah. Uh, very, very interesting. We, of course, promise you, Nets Nation, to stay on this case until we get some further details, or until we see him on the court, better yet. Yeah, exactly. So, from your, from where you're sitting right now, Simon, which is a very, very confused position, do you <laughs> think we see Nick Claxton in the next week? No, I, I, I think they're burying the guy that this is a weird thing. I, I, things are going to get weirder before he, he comes back. I predict. Okay. Well, thanks for keeping us abreast of the latest and greatest on that front. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Into the, the, the fever swamp conspiracy mind. <laughs> exactly. No problem. So we were going to Simon, uh, go to Cleveland to have a dinner with Jared Allen. Yeah. But we're an hour and five into this. Thing. Yeah, I hear you. Probably not necessary. Why don't you just tell people where... So the, the I asked Simon to please find a restaurant in Cleveland that we could, quote-unquote, go to with, quote-unquote, Jared Allen. Because uh, the Nets are playing in Cleveland this week, and, you know, I, I don't need to explain myself to you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Simon, tell them where we were going to go. We were going to go to this place called The Pub, uh, which is in the Cleveland airport. <laughs> Why did you pick a place in the airport? Because um, it's, it's miles from mile high from ordinary. No, I, 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 <laughs> I um, here's what happened, William. Yeah. I Googled Cleveland theme restaurants. Yeah. I clicked on one of the first things that comes up. The theme that these people, these the, the the person that wrote this did not have the same kind of understanding of what a theme is to the, me. The person who wrote be... the airport menu? No, no. These are not just airport. These were all around Cleveland. But most of what they, they considered to be theme was more like the, um, which, it, you know, is fine enough. But like how, how thing, you know, it was like, oh, this one's in a lighthouse or this one has like certain stuff on the wall or is styled in a way, but that's not very fun for a menu. Like you can't be like, Hey, while you're, while you're eating this ordinary seafood restaurant menu, you are in a lighthouse. That mm -hmm. that's, that's not great audio. 
No, no, no. Um, Which we try to prioritize here. So the one place that I found on this list that was closer to what we're looking for was a um, British-themed, and I do say British because I don't think it really hues to any particular country within Britain, um, uh, De Pub. De Pub. It, which happened to be in, in the airport. I don't make the rules here. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. Was there anything on it that you were particularly excited to discuss? or? Uh, I don't honestly remember. Um the bangers so, and mash or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Let's say the bangers and mash. I, I honestly don't remember what the menu. Was. I mean, yeah, it had a bunch of Britishy foods. Yeah, the finest cuisine known to man, <laughs> <laughs> including an entire section of the menu where you can get burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Burger Irway. They have burgers in England, right? Burger Irway. Yeah, I just wouldn't say it's classic English Yeah, fare. no, sure, sure. I'd say it's very airport British food. <laughs> Where is this? Th- I can't even find the, the pub. It's at clevelandairport.com. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Just give me a moment, Nets Nets fans, and I'll give you... There was something, actually, that I'm trying to think about. It wasn't in the shareables. It wasn't in the... uh, Oh, English pot roast. That's what it was. It's English... It's just like a regular pot roast, but it's topped with um, Bordelais, yummo, whipped potatoes, peas, and carrots. That is a fantastic um, West meets West combo. West meets West. Uh, yeah, no, that sounds great. There's no denying that. Um, I'm sorry, listeners, that we aren't actually going to go there, though. At this point, I feel like we probably could have. Uh, since... Hey, we just sort of talked about how we were going to yeah. for the length of time. Anyway. Uh, who are we playing this week? We're playing the Cavs. Who else? Uh, let's take a look. Anyone uh, with a, anyone else with a winning record, so that maybe we can notch a yes, couple. The Suns. The Suns. Ooh, yikes! They're pretty good. They're actually well. So they're they play Saturday, November twenty seventh. So when we're recording, probably we will not have played them. Okay. Um, and do you think Katie's shoulder is anything to worry about before we head out? Great question. Uh, I'm going to be slightly optimistic and say that he plays against the Cavs. He doesn't have to play until Monday. Um, And he seemed perfectly fine in the 37 minutes he had to play against the depleted Cavs. So um, I'm hopeful that he's – it's just an injury maintenance thing. Okay. Well, Simon, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure talking all things Nets Nation. Absolutely. Uh, We will be back as we are each and every unrelenting week next week. Send in your questions. Send in your concerns. Simon, where should they send those questions and concerns? Please send them to maybenetstime at gmail.com or at maybenetstime on Twitter and Instagram, please, please send us your questions. We love them. IRLJZ's questions, great. They formed a huge chunk of this podcast that I really enjoy. 
um, much as I love Down Home Texas BBQ. Um, <laughs> and uh, and also, please review us um, wherever you get your podcast. Please give us five stars um, or just hold your tongue. <laughs> All right. Great talking, Simon. And we will go ahead and uh, see ya. That's it. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. The personal columns There was this letter I read